0: You're listening to locally produced programming created in KUNV Studios on public radio, KUNV 91.5. You're listening to special programming brought to you by itswhereiam.com. The content of this program does not reflect the views or opinions of 91.5 Jazz and More, the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, or the Board of Regents of the Nevada System of Higher Education. Good morning, Las Vegas. It's Zandra Pollard. It's where I am. Thank you for tuning in this morning. You know, I got to give a special shout out to my sponsor, which is in the Magazine. Thank you so much for your support for the show. And uh, we look forward to your continued support for mental health awareness. So today we are talking about higher education. We have Dr. Mascuti here, and she is the mental health wellness officer for the Nevada System of Higher Education. So thank you for coming in. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So I want you to tell us about your role. What do you do? What is this program about? Mm -hmm. And how is it of service to our community?
1: Absolutely. And feel free to call me Nayla. Okay, Nayla. Thank you for having me here. So as the mental Mental health wellness officer for NCHI for Nevada System of Higher Education, I took on this new role to support a federal grant that NCHI receives. And and NCHI is a system that oversees all of the higher education institutions within the state of Nevada, including UNLV, UNR. Great Basin College, and so forth.
0: My alma mater, Nevada State College. <laughs> Nevada
1: State College, yes. absolutely. So the purpose of this grant that we received from SAMHSA, which is a federal agency that we're working with, it is a $2.6 million grant that we uh, are using funds to support mental health initiatives, not only for the students, but also for faculty and staff. Because they need it too. Absolutely, yes. being the front line providers, right? That's right. <laughs> Um, So this grant not only supports training programs that we are essentially um, coordinating with all of the institutions within Nevada, but it is also supporting a system-wide survey assessment. So what we want to do with this survey is, you know, we want to find out how are resources, how are they doing, what are some of the mental health programming that exists, you know, are there any barriers to accessing these resources, not only for students, but for faculty and staff. Okay. We want to know, you know, what are some of the areas that we could impose improvements on? What are some of the areas that, you know, essentially have some barriers right now, whether that's access to some of these resources or, you know, do they support different areas of mental health that we're not addressing at the moment? Mm-hmm. And so in addition to doing these, the survey assessment, we're then providing trainings. Um, the two types of trainings that we're leading with this grant is mental health first aid, which all of the institutions are implementing. Wait, so what was it again? Mental health first aid training. Mental health first aid training. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the other? And the other one is suicide intervention training. Okay. So if you think of it, they're kind of like a two part training program, right? Okay. The first one is mental health first aid training. So with mental health first aid training, what you're doing is you're providing this overview um, for faculty, students, and staff on the various mental health concerns that anyone could experience or um, be diagnosed with or struggle with. Mm -hmm. And then if you're interested in partaking in additional training for suicide, intervention specifically, what that program does is not only does it provide an overview of what suicide is, but it also prepares you on how to respond, how to address some of those concerns, or how to engage with someone who's having suicidal thoughts. So does the
0: psychology department, are are their students required to take part in in this initiative?
1: So students are not required. This is strictly a program that we are offering statewide to all the institutions and is strictly volunteer. Um, What we are doing is working with each of the institutions to promote these upcoming training programs, to tell their faculty, to tell their students and staff, hey, we're offering this free of charge. Encouraging them to Mm -hmm. take part. Yes. Absolutely. Because Mm -hmm. I feel like when it comes to mental health, the biggest thing you can do is educate and advocate everyone. Absolutely. And tell them, you know, what are some of those warning signs? What are some of those concerns? How do you respond effectively? Or what kind of conversations can you have? What can you say in order to help someone get the resources that they need?
0: Okay, so let me ask you a few questions. Okay. Okay, so say a fellow student is displaying displaying signs that are uh, not typical of themselves. So so let's say they're being more introverted, Mm -hmm. um, being just very quiet. Um, You notice they're You know, everyone's having lunch, but they're not. Um, What do you say? Like, how do you introduce the conversation to see if they're okay?
1: Well, it depends who's noticing these signs, right? Is it their friends? Is it their colleagues? Um, Is it their professor? Say it's the professor. Well, from that perspective, I mean, any conversation that you have with anyone who seems a little off or not like themselves, you mm-hmm. want to approach them and see how they're doing, check in with them and see if the, if everything's okay or if they're going through some things that are personal. Um, and this is part of that suicide intervention training that everyone gets when it comes to what kind of conversations you would have right. in order to assess a situation and see if they need additional resources and help mm-hmm. before it's too late. And so um, initially you approach the person, you see what's going on, you see if there's anything you need. Um, And then if you do sense that there's something severe going on, it is important to ask if they're thinking of suicide or if that's something that's crossing their mind. You can just ask someone like, are you thinking of suicide? (laughs) You shouldn't just directly ask. You want to assess the situation first. You want to have that conversation and find out what's going on with them. You know, find out if there are any concerns, if they are struggling with mental health, you know, if if there's some stressors that are going on, anxiety and so forth. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you do sense that it's you know, that severe or there's some sense or concern of suicide, then it's important to ask. But it's not only important to ask, but it's also important to tell them, to let them know that suicide is a serious condition. And that if they are struggling or if they're thinking of suicide or if they're having any suicidal thoughts, then it's important to guide them through that, right? To say, hey, if you're struggling with this, here's some resources you can look into. And in some cases, it's okay to also, you know, walk with them through that. Um, Maybe ask if they need help with making that phone call or reaching Mm -hmm. out to that organization? Should they be in that situation? So is there
0: going to be um, services on-site, at the different
1: colleges and universities, so each college varies. So, okay. for example, UNLV and UNR has a CAPS department, Counseling and Psychological Services, okay. which is on-site uh, mental health resources for students, which is wonderful, right? Mm-hmm. Um, however, you know, there's some ne- some scenarios where um, if those aren't enough resources, then of course the faculty or staff or whoever is engaging with that particular person, they can also refer them to local community resources as well.
0: So, are there no? Are there any counselors? On the campuses at Uh, any of the schools,
1: so there is counseling for the bigger institutions, right? However, so like UNLV, absolutely UNR, correct? Okay, yes. Um, And the size of the count, the number of counselors, and the size of the counseling department depends on the institution, right? The number of students, the number of staff that can vary. However, there are some institutions where they're in remote. Uh, locations within the state of Nevada. For example, Great Bays College. They're located in the northern uh, region of Nevada, um, mm-hmm. kind of remote. So if you were to travel to Reno, they're about four hours uh, outside of Reno. So it's quite the, um, the travel and the distance uh, yeah. to care. And a very, very small institution. Mm -hmm. And depending on the size of the institution and the available funding for programming, they may not have anything on site. In those type of situations, what we're doing with these institutions is we're providing them additional funds to look into other resources and programming they can add. On campus, so that they are providing some type of level of mental health support.
0: Oh, and then you know, what about telehealth? Like, mm-hmm. you know, could there be like an emergency call to a
1: telehealth counselor or something Absolutely, like that? Absolutely, yes. Okay. So some of the pr- some of the institutions what they're doing with their grant funds is they're actually purchasing virtual therapy programs, awesome. and they provide crisis intervention twenty four seven phone calls that you can, you know, call in and say, hey, I'm struggling. Um, and it's not just for students. They're also going to be opening this to their faculty and staff as well, because Correct. everyone struggles. There's right. no limit to who, you know, comes across any mental health concerns.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. This is wonderful. So when did this get um, implemented?
1: So this started as of last September, September okay. 2020 too. Um, and the great thing about this program is when we originally got the federal grant, we were obviously focusing on coordinating the efforts, making sure that all the institutions were aware of this federal grant, uh, reaching out to them to see what funds they were interested in receiving and how they were planning to utilize those funds to support mental health initiatives. So okay. a lot of that in the beginning was coordinating. Um, now that we have all of those information sorted and squared mm-hmm. away, we're now working with the institutions to make sure that they're reaching out to the vendors who are providing these support systems to them. Yes. And then with regard to the mental health survey we actually launched that in april okay we launched it to all of the institutions including the nci office the system administration office because a lot of you know, staff that work there also could be dealing with mental health concerns, right? Yeah, mental health, grief, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, stressors, anxiety, and so forth. Yes. So when they're working, especially under you know stressful situations, whether you're dealing with students directly or indirectly, or even with your own staff, and then trying to adjust from like COVID era to now post COVID era, yes. and also trying to adjust to your schedule, whether you need to be in person or virtual, and trying to meet those demands for work, all of those create stressors. Right. And so it's important that with this with this loan with this grant that we got, we are supporting everyone on the board, um, whether it's assessing to find out what their needs are, but also providing training to support and educate them and advocate them for their care.
0: This is awesome. I thank love you. it. And, you know, I want to give a shout out to Dr. Crabb, who introduced us. So <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you, Dr. Crab. Yeah, yes, this yeah. is
1: awesome. I'm so glad we connected.
0: Yes, absolutely. So now we are heading into the fall semester, mm. What is the plan? What's going on? What are you setting up for the upcoming? school semester?
1: That's a really great question. So right now, to prepare for the fall semester, I'm working directly with each of these institutional leadership staff who will be overseeing the grant and the funds for the grant to make sure that we are moving forward with ordering a lot of these support services, right? Whether it's supporting existing programming on campus or looking into partnering with new vendors, they'll provide virtual therapy assistance and so forth. We're Mm -hmm. working with them to prepare them so that they are essentially rolling out these services during the start of the fall semester.
0: So what a about like because i know when you have um groups what are they called the you know the uh, mentor mm-hmm. mentor led groups mm-hmm. right those are very successful because it's not individual right and people tend to open up more or they get a lot of information just from being there and listening and um, understanding that they're not alone they see that there are other people who have some of the same or are dealing with some of the same situations they are
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is there any mentor-led programs that are, you know, available or becoming available soon?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's a great question. So I know that um, some of the institutions have group therapy sessions that they conduct, which is wonderful, okay. right? Because then they not only can they come on campus and talk amongst their peers about some of their struggles, but they can meet with others who are struggling with similar problems. Yes. Now, I know that some of the other institutions are also creating peer support uh, groups and organizations, meaning they they train students to engage with other students and have Absolutely. those conversations around mental health. Because oftentimes when you speak to students about mental health, when you are either a faculty or a staff, and you may not really relate to them because of that age gap or that age difference, mm-hmm. but when you utilize other students and train them about the importance of mental health and train them about the importance of advocating for mental health and having those relevant conversations around stress, around depression, and so forth, they then they can lead those conversations with their peers, with other students, so I that they it. feel so. Supported, And so that was just some of the initiative that we're working on.
0: You know, yeah, I went to college as a mature student. So mm-hmm. it was so weird to me that the younger students were so open. You know, a lot of them were like telling us their diagnoses like right in class. Uh-huh. So that was very different for me. You know, I come from an era where it's like, you know, you don't say anything. So I just love to see the progress,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: that, you know, people are opening up. And not that you have to share your personal diagnosis. I'm not saying that. It's just that because of all of the conversation around, you know, breaking the stigma, that millennials tend to be, you know, a lot more open. And so I think that's a great thing.
1: Absolutely. I was just going to say, you know, breaking down that stigma around mm-hmm. mental health and, and you know, the the concern that, uh, you know, some people may have around having open discussions around mental health struggles. Absolutely. That's, you know, breaking down for sure. And it's nice to see, you know, uh, all of these different generations openly talk about some of their mental health struggles. Yes. Um, oftentimes people, um, depending on the cultural background you come from mm-hmm. or how you were raised or the community you were raised in, sometimes that stigma is so strong. Strong, right. Yes. Ultimately that leads to embarrassment or concerns or additional stressors with you know having to deal with and and, and secretly, you know, hide what you're struggling with. Right. Um so it's great to see that um some of our generations in, within the institutions are talking about mental health openly. And it's so important because you know when it comes to mental health, a lot of people you know continue to secretly struggle. You yes. wouldn't know if someone is struggling with that. So I think it's important that continue to have those conversations, to continue to encourage others to talk about. You know, if you're struggling with some mental health concerns, or if you're struggling because you're, you know, under so much stress, mm-hmm. um, so I'm happy to hear that. You know, you saw that, and I encourage um, anyone to either seek resources or, or um, you know, find uh, supports mechanisms and and supporting communities that will encourage additional conversations. And around don't that.
0: stop at one. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know a lot of times it's hard to get appointments. Mm-hmm. It's really hard. Um, people struggle with. You know, when they're finally ready then they don't have anyone to see because they're booked out for two, three months.
1: Absolutely, you know? yeah. yeah. It is a struggle right now. I know that even though we have resources on campus or within the community, unfortunately, it is not enough, right, to meet our growing need, our, our concern with regards to mental health and, and people seeking resources for mental health, whether yeah. it's yourself or your child or your significant other or partner and so forth. It's, it's, it is unfortunate. And so that's why we're implementing this grant so that we are supporting and finding out what are those barriers, you know, to what extent is this is this hold or this weight? you know, for resources that you're looking to get or for that appointment that you're looking to schedule. Uh, we're hoping that the results that we get from the survey in terms of barriers to care to resources, we're hoping that we'll continue to review that and address it and promote additional resources. You know, this is NSHE's first attempt to really system systematically take an approach to supporting mental health. Okay. We don't want to just leave it to the institutions and have them kind of vouch for themselves and try to figure out a way to support mental health. Right. We want to take this initiative and say, hey, We understand there's a concern. We want to make sure that we not only are we assessing what the extent of that concern, but how can we continue to support mental health system-wide?
0: Yes. Yeah, because, you know, I came from California. And when I started school out here, I was explaining that we already kind of did this thing out there. Mm -hmm. And I was just really appalled, just shocked that there were no resources at the time, you know, when I was going to Nevada State. Mm -hmm. However... Shout out to Dr. Yao. Um, He got some things started on campus, That's great. and um, and that was a beautiful thing.
1: Absolutely. I think, you know, uh, regardless of, you know, what your status is as a student, whether you're full-time, part-time, whatever it is you're trying to accomplish, you know, you're going to come across a mental health concern. You're going to experience some level of stress, some level of anxiety. It's just, you know, we're all— And even first-time students. I have a son who's Mm -hmm. about to start
0: college, and he's like— you know, has a lot of anxiety around it because it's the unknown. He doesn't Absolutely. know yet. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So it's like that would be something that a resource for someone like him. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And
1: also, you know, when we implement or when we have these resources within institu- institutional settings, it's so important to promote it, right? It's so important to let everyone know, hey, these programs exist. Hey, if you're struggling, go to this particular resource or call this particular number. Right. And so that's something that we're working with the institution to make sure that they are actively promoting these resources. Because when you're a new student, mm-hmm. you don't know where to go. You exactly. don't know who to contact. <laughs> and just to be a part of the whole
0: culture of the school. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, don't separate yourselves and not get involved everything that that school offers with uh, student campus life they need to be involved mm-hmm. because that makes people feel comfortable Absolutely. right it's like oh they're always there mm-hmm. you know wherever i go to a, a a campus event the what would the department be called um student affairs the student affairs is there mm-hmm. so yeah i just want to encourage with this incentive to make sure that you attend everything that the school is doing
1: absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. It's so important to have you know conversations to promote resources, to advocate and engage students. You know, and in, in communicating and and letting their thoughts known and their concerns known. It's so great to see that happening now because oftentimes in the past you wouldn't know, right? right. So again, continuing to to promote it, to so support it in different ways. Um, you know, reaching out to students, letting them know, hey, this event is happening or this new resource is being implemented, and right. it's part of your tuition. Why not? Take advantage of that's it right. if it's being supported with your money <laughs> right exactly yeah so we're excited um you but know the biggest part of that is that I love that the
0: uh faculty mm. and staff can be involved
1: yes yeah
0: so I think that's great because it, you know mm. the students I think they kind of look up to them like you know children do to their parents oh yeah you know like they know everything they have the answer and it's like They might be struggling, having a hard time teaching in front of the class. We don't know.
1: Absolutely. There's been a lot of uh, feedback we receive from faculty and staff, especially faculty who are like the frontline providers, right? The frontline educators for our students. Oftentimes, they don't know how to approach a certain situation or if they see a student who's struggling, they don't know what resources to share because maybe they're not familiar with everything on campus. So again, you know, we want to make sure that those faculty members know how to effectively approach a student if they know someone is, you know, struggling or not doing well or need Needs to talk to somebody, but not only know how to approach them, but is familiar with resources on campus that they can share with them. So when they have, when you guys do these um,
0: um, classes or not classes, but when you have these trainings, mm-hmm. do you separate the trainings for the students and then for the faculty and staff? Because I'm thinking, if it was just one training for everybody, mm-hmm. the perspectives are so different from the different levels of education, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, so that's a really great question. So um, the institution that we're working with, So the way that they're doing it, they're actually scheduling multiple training sessions, right? Um, Again, the funds are supporting different uh, training schedules and so forth. And what they're doing is they'll have some sessions specifically just for students and some specifically just for faculty and staff. But some are also implementing training for everybody. Because think about it. I mean, while, you know, they both have different perspectives and different understanding, different Mm concerns. I think bringing them together and having faculty and staff hear about some of the mental health concerns that students are facing or vice versa i think it's important to you know engage conversations amongst everybody because you never know what outcome can come from that what information they would learn from that and and what insights they might get from it well i
0: love that but i also like the fact that they are separated as Mm -hmm. well so that then the staff and the uh educators can talk about some of the things and share what they see in class Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like yeah they can talk about that stuff and then you know, the other trainings that you have that are all inclusive for everyone, uh-huh. that's awesome too. Yeah. So and you, what guys, I- you guys got a lot of money <laughs> to do a lot of things. So, you know.
1: We're we're, excited. Thank you. We're doing our best. Um, And, you know, the great thing, the other great thing about these training programs that we're rolling out is they're also going to be offered in person or online. So we want to make sure that we're offering different learning platforms. Awesome. If you're not able to attend in person, then let's look into coordinating something online so that someone who's feels more comfortable, you know, within their own comfort of their own home or dorm or whatever the case is, they can log on and get that training. Awesome. Versus someone who's like, no, I want to be in person and have more engaging learning opportunities. Mm-hmm. and ask questions and be led by an instructor. Um, you know, there's different platforms that they can be trained. And of course you get different information, different level of information from each of the training sessions that you uh, partake in. But again, this is a great initiative that we're taking to making sure that we talk more about mental health, but also we prepare and educate people on how to respond and how to help others.
0: And I'm sure that the psychology department will be working very closely with the students to participate, which I think is awesome. And then that peer support piece that you mentioned Mm -hmm. where the students can get involved hey I see extra credit there
1: Mm -hmm. right yeah absolutely so there's so many ways that we can continue to continue to support these programs Um, and it's just a matter of starting somewhere and then seeing where you can go from there
0: awesome is there (laughs) anything else um, you'd like to share with us are there any social media handles or anything that you would like our listeners to know
1: yeah, absolutely. So some of this information can be checked out um, and reviewed on our NSHE website, okay. uh, nshe.nevada.org. Or you can also visit some of the institutions and learn about some of the ways that they are supporting mental health through their programmings as well. So wonderful. we're excited about that. And I know that we've been working directly with their marketing team to make sure that they are promoting some of these upcoming trainings, not only on their website, but through social media, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever the case is. We want to okay. make sure that we connect to everybody through different platforms. So that's another avenue that we're taking as awesome. well. Awesome. Including this one. It's mm-hmm. where I am <laughs> on
0: 91.5 Jazz and more. So thank you so much for sharing all of this wonderful information with me and our listeners And, you know, like I said, my son is about to enter college. And so this is some valuable information I can Mm. share with him as well.
1: Absolutely. And best of luck to him. And it was wonderful being a part of this uh, show. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you. Well, 91.5 Jazz and more, thank you for tuning in. You know, I'm here every Saturday at 730 a.m. And if you just caught me and you want to hear this whole entire broadcast again. You know, you are always welcome to go on Apple, Spotify, Google or Amazon podcast platforms. Just type in It's Where I Am with Zandra and I'll pop right up and go ahead and subscribe. Also, it's where i am.com. My shows are there and as well as YouTube. So again, I'm Zandra Pollard. I'm here every Saturday. And we'll talk to you next week. But before I let you go, I'm going to play a little tune for you. It's called Midnight Maneuvers by King James Brown. Bye. Oh, we been. I've been waiting for you all. Oh. Long. I'm right here I just want us to melt into each other's soul Ooh. Ooh. Mm. Yes. Work my fingers to the bone Ten hours straight For chicken feet pay And I can't wait to hurry home Cause it's been a a day. But when we turn out the lights and close the door, yeah, 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 here's what we One wide, yeah, yeah, yeah. 59. There we go, baby. i mm-hmm.